Welcome back to another episode of Dan's Den Podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Dan Belanger, and in this episode, we are continuing our discussion with my guests Brandy and Matt, so I'll provide a quick intro to establish where we are in the conversation. We ended our previous episode talking about the idea of free will and what that means to us individually, then posing the question of, would you want to know if your life or story was predetermined? and pondering our lives as characters in a much larger story. We go on to discuss what the word choice means to us in the context of free will and subjective reality. We touch on mindfulness practice and breathing exercises, and Brandy shares some of her experiences with anxiety and how she was able to incorporate breathing exercises into her routine as a means of handling anxiety more effectively. We play a segment from the meditation app called Waking Up and explore the idea of living with the perspective that we're privileged to enjoy each moment precisely because because we are finite beings, rather than in spite of the fact that we're mortal. So these are rather heavy topics with no clear conclusions, but we try to keep it light and we find that these types of discussions ultimately add to the richness of our experience and help us to explore these topics in a constructive, healthy manner. I hope that some of this resonates with you and maybe even opens a discussion within your community. In future episodes, we will be continuing to explore various philosophical themes in addition to topics related to exercise, nutrition, injury prevention, and overall health and wellness. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and thank you again for listening to Dan's Den Podcast. So, like, my perspective of, like, if I would want to know and stuff, I would not. I think that was Dan's initial answer. I would not want to know. I go back and forth all the time just kind of with that idea of, like, I'm a walking contradiction because I believe that things happen the way that they're going to happen and that there is no other way. There is just the way. And then, you know, I also kind of believe that like maybe the big key things are predetermined, but the way that they come about and all the little details of your life are in your control. And I do believe that we have free will. So I don't know how all of that works together because some of that sounds like it completely contradicts the other. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm no, okay with that. That's cool. I like the idea of, um, what, do you, what do you say when uh, the idea of free will? So what does that mean? Oh boy, I'm not. <laughs> well, so I'll, I'll bite this from what I've heard before. Free will makes it seem like every single thing is, is up to us. But then what, what do we talk about when we talk about thinking and thoughts because are those all ours? Where are those coming from? I'm asking because I don't know. If we're saying that like our thoughts are not our own, then like Who's my perception of what I think about thoughts, I feel like you could go down a rabbit hole because then why does anything I say even matter? Why do I even have you know, conflicts in my mind and stuff like that. So while I do think that the generation of thoughts and the impulse, you know, just these different neurological connections could be purely chemical, purely, you know, biological, they could be coming from somewhere else, it could be a collective consciousness, whatever. I believe that you still have free will to choose which thoughts you give attention to and execute on. Love that. That's perfect. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to put it. Because it's very nuanced. Yeah. If we don't know where our next thought's coming from or like what it's going to contain. Who's to say it's ours? We have any free will. So it's like so we're getting bombarded with information and we can select from that. But then if it's still only a confinement of certain things that you can pick from, 
that's not absolute free will. That's what what it sounds like. I I mean that's how I agree with you. That's what I think is that you have control over which ones you engage with and which ones you pursue and act out. But there's also layers where there's shit running the show that I'm not necessarily choosing. And I always hear as an example of the fact that there is free will, people use the word choice. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like if I have the ability to choose something, then that is mutually inclusive with the fact that I must have free will because I'm choosing. But what dictates what choice you make? Look at all the right, people. Right, is that choice just an illusion? Because right. we can do, you know, little experiments and studies to see, you know, you put someone in a position, do they really have a choice? I mean, and yes, you do, right? Technically, right. you always have a choice. Right. But even then, you could go the next step of, let's say, all right, we're all going to make choices. The question of the free will comes down to what is determining what choice you make? Mm-hmm. And is it really just us running a quick you know, diagnosis of the situation and then choosing what we think works best for us? Or do we have this something in our wiring from genetics to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, social cue, everything we pick up and absorb, you know, um, that kind of nurture in nature. Um, One of my favorite parts about what you talked about last time, and I think it's a an excellent point, you said something along the lines of like, if it was true that this is all written or whatever, like however we phrased it, the um, the weight of each decision would just vanish and Gone. melt away. Gone. And, and you'd be free That's to... That's so... There's such power in that. So, so and like, freedom. What if we chose to act like that anyway, since we can't prove it otherwise? Because we could be wrong. And then but, how but what are the but consequences? But if nothing matters, then what, there's no consequence of being what wrong. What are the consequences there is no wrong. of being wrong? What if... What if the consequence is, is that each decision is extremely vital and super important and each time it's not predetermined you need to make the right choice so then you wouldn't want to be disillusioned and live the way just because you're saying if it's not predetermined because it, not we don't know it's predetermined and Dan posed a good thought like he, Dan's guy it's kind of that sophist philosophy like if it if it's subjective and it's relative to you and it's your reality then it is reality and there is absolute truth to that yeah but there is objective facts outside of said subjective reality. And if you're making, if you suddenly say, okay, I don't, I'm just gonna live as if I don't, that it's all predetermined. I'm taking this pressure of making choices off me and I'm yeah. wrong. Well, now I'm risking making the wrong choices or even the right not, choices for the wrong reasons. If it's not predetermined and there is no, there is no story. There is no ending. You're yeah. you're writing it as you go. Yeah. There are no wrong choices or right choices. Yeah. You, there you is no. Thing of like, there gonna, is no ideal result. There is no place you're right attaining to get to. What is the so I would have that, right, we would have that's to exactly what I asked. What what's how would you know you're making the wrong one? Because there's no score sheet. There's no math test where you're going to compare your choice now in the moment to ah, oh shit should have went that way. You wouldn't know any different. Right. This is not a fucking, you know, RPG with different fucking options that you can go redo and say, oh, well. In this thought experiment, along with the idea that there there would be low-level stakes for menial decisions, and this isn't something about, like, whether or not to have a child. I'm not saying, like, all decisions should be stress-free. Stress your genes. (laughs) Stress your genes. 
<laughs> Express yourself, but not in your own genes. <laughs> if we went along with that thought experiment that you you, uh, you could alleviate the anxiety of choices, that would, for me, also include the freedom from the anxiety of like, oh, did I just make the wrong one? Because right. that's the same thing. That's the same anxiety. So, in each, there is no so wrong. you would get to be in the moment and be happy with the fact that you get to do this is all bonus. It's all extra. Okay, I would say I would say that depending on the context of each choice, each question of a choice that you're making, there is depending on what you want. But then again, here we go. Want that you want? That's free will. You know what I mean? Like. Let me try to see if I can gather a better example. Because you guys, that's a good rebuttal. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? It, I'm struggling to get past it. Right, and that's why. <laughs> that's I'm how asking. you know it's a good rebuttal. Yeah, very good. <laughs> that's why I'm asking because I haven't figured out a, a way around that of, of that thing of like, why can't I get to a point where I could just act as if the things that are interesting to me and that my heart and soul enjoy doing. So there, that there that's is, the right thing to so, do. Right. So you yourself define what is the right or wrong. No, that's not right either. Because like what? Like because sometimes society decides what the right choice is. Sometimes the law decides what right. Sometimes fate. So what or is morals. right or wrong even mean? So right everything or wrong is, is neutral, subjective. right? Everything is neutral. We give that weight to actions and thoughts and words and decisions. And I think you were going somewhere really valuable with that with with we individually give the the weight to it yes right and society, we decide what's the right or wrong right like yes there's laws depending on the society you live in but that's not even universal right the, there's different yeah. laws for different regions towns states areas countries and every observer is is putting value on mm-hmm. the choice of anybody else like if dan's going to choose to sleep in or go to the gym he can put that well his his goal is to be fit, so the right choice for him is going to the gym. Me, if, if the right choice is to do something relaxing, then he's doing the wrong choice from my perspective. So, And how could you objectively say that one is right or the other? You can't, and then right. bringing that to the free will of what does it fucking matter if it's all... Sub- so then it's more of playing the game of subjectivity and... Being steadfast and determining what you think is the right to choice, the in right that choice moment. in because each individual moment, and then making said choice. Right, you know, so the choice to sleep in or or go to the gym, just based on that one objective thing. Okay, yes, one of his priorities in life is to maintain health and wellness and fitness, and the gym facilitates that. But so does sleep. So in that moment, he has to base that decision on all of these other factors like did I get enough sleep last night did I get to bed at a decent time am I gonna you know get to bed at a decent time tonight so is right now the best thing for my health and wellness and mental and physical you know well-being to sleep in a little bit or to go to the gym now see you could you could zoom out and you could you could again thought experiment and be like oh god forbid god forbid Dan's leaving this plane of existence in three weeks now which choice is right or wrong does that change it and if he doesn't have knowledge of what's to come he can't even make the right or he doesn't even know because it doesn't matter but relative to that what is coming there is no it's still no. it's still subjective because maybe he enjoys sleeping maybe he would want to spend those and last days working and out. it doesn't matter it doesn't so matter it doesn't whatever you right do is the right choice or is the only choice I don't know. 
Hmm. And you can change that, right, at any given moment. But but once you've you've made that choice in that moment, that's it, right? There there is no right or wrong. There is only what happens. There's only what you do. So. If you feel depends on what you want out of the situation. Is, is it the intended consequences or not? That's yeah. the aftermath. And and that's the aftermath, right? So then you use that to you know for next time. Make your changes to your choices, but it's not that that choice was right or wrong. I don't think in the moment. That was a good example of like if you knew in three weeks you're, you're going to die. What would um, the decision today of going to the gym? mean more or less with that in mind i would say that if you're playing the long game of i'm doing this to have a better health span not to live longer but to be healthier into an old age that that in that moment that decision would be the wrong one because you should be just doing something that makes you the happiest in this but someone could rebut that and and i I would say that if i'm doing this fitness thing because it's meaningful to me and it makes me feel good now it's always the right thing to do the the work that comes into integrating that mind state of being more present and just accepting things now rather than resisting or i could have done this or it should be that way that's where we get caught up in losing the potential wisdom that we gain unity and love and that like all of the things that I'm stressing over is useless and I could be using that to express love and light and all of this creativity I get in the, a habit of you know for maybe a couple days after that it feels good and you want it just everything slowed down and you're engaged and you're looking in everybody's eyes and there's nowhere else to go it's just like th- this is it now this feels good rather than like oh shit I'm gonna be late for something can, can you wrap this story up and people are in the way if, if we get to a point where everything is like, anything that he said in that last part, like, does that mean anything to you guys or? I have no idea <laughs> what he was talking about. <laughs> I only make movies, I don't listen well. <laughs> I, knew, I knew walking would be a hit or miss guest on this one. Because <laughs> he's, too, liked the, he's um, too big for us. <laughs> I liked the last couple of uh, sentences that he said. I thought that was really nice. Of just relax into being here now. Just, just easier yeah. said than done. But like th- that's just. that's the practice. So we were talking earlier about breathing. You practice that stuff when you're in a relaxed state, rather mm-hmm. than we only think about mindfulness and meditation when we're super stressed and like I wish I was a meditator, rather than I gotta carve out every time, time every day or however your schedule works to practice this stuff because it's not a natural state no it's not a natural state people think that i can eat um i'm more prone to it or like oh i'm just not a meditator i don't have the patience i can't quiet my mind i can't turn it off it's not about that it's about accepting where we're at and knowing that thinking is happening to us rather than something you're producing and the practice is like we were talking about over time which thoughts are we going to in, in entertain um yeah, engage, engage with? with rather than if we spend enough time in silence following your breath whatever your routine is you get to start to notice that like you know thoughts are just coming up and then they go away like clouds and it's just a constant thing you're never going to stop those but you need such a practice to be able to just let them come and then go that, and that's why it's, it's a practice. That's day. why you don't right. you don't just get because you, you, you can't right. And before you know out, it, you stay there. Welcome. If I get... <laughs> it's just keep coming back to it. And They're like the in-laws and the holidays, just like physical kind of... patterns and movements, our minds get in the way of like 
this thought is now. This is me. I identify with it. I'm hungry. Everything around here is food. I just want to go back to um, what you said about, um, you know, people tend to it's in the moment, right? When people are like, oh, you know, you got to be mindful. You got to take a deep breath, da, da, da. And like, so my personal experience with that, like, you know, being uh, generally less so now, but generally, you know, a highly uh, anxiety ridden individual and letting that kind of take the reins and drive my life for a very long time. And hearing people always say like, Oh, focus on your breath. Take a deep breath. You know, breathe in, exhale slow. All of that. Yeah, and people like, can't see I, that. Just like flip, flip the finger. I would flip be, that imaginary <laughs> person. The fuck when, when off. When you hear that <laughs> stuff, you're like, yeah, easy for you, dog. Well, right, and but to your point, it's because I wasn't. I didn't have experience or practice doing that when I wasn't panicked. It's when you're in the middle of. A panic attack that somebody's like okay just you know sit down here take a deep breath and when I would try to take those deep breaths and I would start trying to pay attention to that stuff it would be impossible and and the action of taking a deep breath would increase my anxiety because I could just feel my heart rate more and I would become obsessed about that even more and so it wasn't until Dan a couple of years ago talked to me about some different breathing exercise, the importance of that, the physiological impact, so on and so forth, with the goal of kind of trying to like lower my my resting heart rate and just decrease my elevated state of anxiety that I, my resting elevated state of anxiety. And then it was like, you know, I'll say it felt like a magical switch to me, but obviously it's not fucking science, bro. But (laughs) You know, once I was practicing this, you know, I did a daily routine when I woke up in the morning, I did these breathing exercises, whatever. But because I was practiced in that, when it came time for me to start feeling these triggers of anxiety and I would feel my heart rate start to increase, I'd feel, you know, my breathing start to increase and um, I would be able to recognize those signs and then implement the breathing And because I never got to, you know, I was at point C and I never got to point D because I was able to stop it right there. Whereas before, whenever I was trying, I was already at fucking, I don't know, M. It's a terrible way to explain that. But, you know, and I so... The higher the alphabet's worse. I just just used to... Well, I had to actually like really think because I was like, wait, I I think I was going to say G, but I was like, wait, what letter did I say? And did that come before? Yeah, just establishing the scale for the listeners. (laughs) Instead of the old zero but to ten, one to twenty six. You know, before I was always that person who said what we hear people say all the time of like, no, that doesn't work for me. That works for you. I'm not like that. That's not who I am. I can't quiet my mind. Learning that you have to practice that in moments where you're already calm and peaceful, so that when you start to get in a situation where that's being threatened, you're able to implement these things that you already know and are practiced with and then I found it actually working and I was I mean I don't remember like the day that I first used it and it worked but I remember the feeling of like I didn't just freak out because I was able to control my breathing and maintain this level place so that I could get back into a state of calm without having a complete freak out and and I was amazed and that doesn't mean that every time you're able to do that but we recognize that sometimes we can have a better effect on this I just want to follow it up with just one piece of I think that an important thing to recognize specifically about breathing is that as we inhale 
it's a physiological effect for your heart rate to increase. Mm-hmm. That, that just and that happens. was another thing that you taught so me. So understanding that, that that's a normal thing right. and that it doesn't just slow down after one deep breath. There's a lag period, 20, 30 seconds, where your cardiovascular system reacts. Part of that is evolutionary in that it conserves energy because every time something comes up, maybe you don't have to activate your full system. So it saves that. My full system is activated all the time. Yeah, all systems go, it's because you're an all-star. <laughs> what a legend. But imagine like the, the refueling process that needs to happen for somebody who's on go all the time. Um, we're not in a state where we get to the repair side. So that's the downside. But then the other part is that once we realize like, okay, these first few breaths, it's normal for my heart rate to increase rather mm-hmm. than, holy shit, heart rate's increasing. That furthers And that was my reaction, right? This is what they call a bi-directional relationship between the heart rate and the breath where they feed back on each other. Um, but we can control the breath and like we talked about earlier, subsequently the heart rate. Once we know that, holy shit, like this stuff works and you've been able to practice it in a safe spot, it, it's something where we can incorporate and nobody's going to just nail it. It's not just instant zen, but knowing that I have these tools to go back on. But that's just an example of like, you know, we can't, we can't just turn this shit on when, when it's needed without practice. Right. You wouldn't be able to just deadlift tomorrow. But that's exactly it. That's the analogy I was thinking when she was like kind of telling, when Brandy, when you were telling your story about, you know, and, and saying you need to do it when you're calm. Like you, you want to get stronger, you go to the gym. You want to work out your biceps, you work out your biceps. You don't wait till your biceps are sore to go in and hit your biceps at the gym. Like mm-hmm. that's not the way you do it. You get them fresh, you get them relaxed, and then you you pra- you work them out that sure, night. Nice I mean, the, the old analogy of, of car maintenance, you know what I mean? Like you, you stay ahead of that shit rather than waiting until your car doesn't work to fucking bring it to the place. Well, so, some yeah. of us. <laughs> well, I mean, ideally, but then, yeah, we're going to have to take some days out of work because now we don't have a car. It's, it's the same type of shit where, um, I mean, back to the exercise thing, like we're not doing this because like, everybody's got their own reason but from my perspective I'm not doing this because like I think it's the right thing to do it makes me feel good and I know that it's prepared me to handle tasks in life that maybe I would have been ill-equipped to do before whether that's carrying a heavy basket of laundry without hurting myself or being able to bring a backpack that weighs 35 pounds up a mountain with lunch and, and supplies in it so we can enjoy the day there it all depends like what you want to do. So nobody's saying you got to. Right. Do you want to stay at the surface, people? <laughs> or do you want to climb that mountain and have that picture? <laughs> yeah. And that's so like, it's fine either way. But it's just like, we have this landscape of opportunity here. What kind of experiences do we want to have? With that in mind, it's a preparation phase. So we're flipping back from the being in the moment all the time to sometimes we have to zoom out and prepare for the week or next month, or hey, if I wanna do this in a year, which we don't know if that's guaranteed, this is what it would look like if I wanted that to happen. So, I don't know, some of that stuff for me is more of like, we have to, we have to work on trying to develop whatever self-discipline means to us to push through the things that we don't wanna do in order to enjoy the things we do wanna do. It goes both ways, man. Not, not every gym session is gonna be enjoyable. That's a way to externalize it and say, it's not, it's not my fault, dude. I, I just don't have time. Rather than whenever you say, I don't have time pretty much for anything, you're saying it's not a priority. That flips it back to ownership for me to say like, oh, okay, like 
I have time. If you're alive, all you have is time. <laughs> what do you want to do with it? That's what it comes down to. Prioritize accordingly. Here, I'm going to insert a short paraphrase of one of the clips that we listened to during our recording that came from the meditation app called Waking Up, which you can try for free for 30 days with the link in the episode description. Many of us do what we do in spite of the fact that we will eventually die. This can sometimes lead to living life as a distraction from the reality of our mortality, or as Ernest Becker wrote, in a continuous state of death denial. Meanwhile, any amount of happiness that we are able to achieve can sometimes seem diminished when we consider the reality that our lives in this world will eventually reach an end. But there is a way to turn this logic around when we begin to do things not in spite of death, but precisely because we will die someday. If we can, bit by bit, lean into this perspective and acknowledge our impermanence, we may be able to fully appreciate how beautiful life really is. We are alive, right now. What do we get to do today? Go for a walk? Make a meal for a loved one? Read a book? Or begin the creative project that we've been waiting for the right time to initiate? When we do things in spite of death, they can feel utterly pointless and unsatisfying at times. When we embrace our temporary existence, the point is always now. We get to make full contact with the reality of life now. What other point or purpose could we hope for? It's a pretty good. That was really good. That was really good. That's it. That circles Um, back to what we were talking about earlier. Like yes, wicked. You get to you get to do this. It brings the conversation full circle. Yeah, it really does. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, we we touched on that. We were talking about. Does that even, does that change? How does, how do you feel then about choices in life and mm. knowing, you know what I mean? You, it's going to end in, in two weeks, three weeks. And, and I like how we put it, like, you know, flip that on its head and you do it not in spite of, you do it because, yeah. you know what I mean? That thing's coming. Here it comes. Like, fucking live. That's, that's <laughs> exactly right, it. Right, right. It's, it's before you that, can't. <laughs> you know, so obviously that takes some time to think about and process because, like, that's the most overwhelming thing that we experience is we're all denying in one way or another or avoiding the fact that we're finite beings and we're, we're gonna we will guaranteed not you have this little meat suit that we're wearing now mm-hmm. we know that's coming and it could go both ways everything's meaningless because we're gonna die or everything's the most meaningful because, because we're, we're here now yeah and because we won't be you know so moment to moment yeah, the impermanence we we get to decide that I'm not saying that's always easy. Mm. I struggle with that just as much as everybody else. But knowing that that thing exists, if we have some kind of mechanism to get back into that state of, wait a minute, I get to do this. Mm -hmm. That moment, it kind of alleviates some shit, man. I've experienced this a lot with academic programs where I'm just like, I can't believe all the shit I have to do. And then I'm just like, wait a minute, I signed up for this. I get to do this. This is an opportunity rather than something I have to get through. But that that ha- that resets every day because mm-hmm. I still have this, every moment. This pa- like, this yeah. paper's due tomorrow. Yeah, I still have to turn that in and get it done. But at the ultimate end of that, I- I've created this little project that didn't exist before. How do we get to appraise that? That this is um, part of our, our challenging story that the greatness is going to come out of the other side sure maybe that's the extreme example mm. but like there I, if we're alive there's not going to be a state 
where there's not despair and death lingering right mm-hmm. around the corner. That's just not the reality. We spend all so much of our time avoiding these things, burying ourselves in work, relationships, social media, because it gives us that sense of uh, anything to focus on the fact that we're not going to be here now. I deal with this all the fucking time. We're here now. Like the, the whole point is so we can spend time together, but then I'm just like, uh, let's put on a movie. So I need something to distract me from the fact that like mm-hmm. We're, mm-hmm. we're just these. What are we gonna do? Yeah. Why do we have to do anything? Yeah. We're ex- here now. Exactly. But then there's this that low level anxiety sometimes, moment to moment. I'm like, I am. Most of us are struggling with like, I should be doing something else. Well, we struggle with that on our own. I'm as, over here, when I should an, be over there. Yeah, as an individual, which, which constantly. Well, what am I supposed to be doing? What's next? So yeah, like, what's imagine next? when you put yourself in a social set we do like we do that by ourselves like, so put mm-hmm. yourself in a social setting where it's just one other person or a group of other people and now that's heightened yeah. you know to it's wild to so you know a, a lot of times we talk about these things meditation breathing as if like we already have it figured out but I, I explain this stuff and you guys get it but I'm, I'm explaining this in a way of like I think these are common struggles we're all working on I'm trying to get better at it and I don't have all the tools so I'm reaching out and trying to get these reflections back to see that resonates with me. Let me incorporate that in. We end this discussion here, but this is an evolving topic, and we will continue to explore these themes in future episodes. If any of this resonates with you, please rate and share this episode, and don't forget to subscribe and follow Dan's Den. We will be diving into more content like this, as well as topics related to health and wellness, finance, artistic expression, and much more. I hope that you join us for next episode, and thank you again for listening.